Welcome to Cascade Connects, a podcast focusing on the people and events in the Cascade Collegiate Conference. Here is your host, CCC Commissioner Robert Cashel. Welcome to this special edition of Cascade Connects. I'm your host, Rob Cashel, Conference Commissioner, and very special guest uh, today, Dr. Jessica Taylor, President at Multnomah University, is joining us. Dr. Taylor, thank you so much for being available. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, first of all, congratulations, Dr. Taylor. Uh, about oh six weeks ago, maybe not quite that long, um, it was announced that your board of trustees have removed the interim designation from your presidency, and you are now the full-fledged uh, president of Multnomah. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Excited about that. You spent uh, a great deal of last year in the interim role uh, and and after a brief uh, stint of a new president after Dr. Williford left after quite a while at the university. So can you can you tell me a little bit about that transition and, and what were some of the things that you had to do right out of the gate as an interim because I know it was full of decision making. Absolutely, it was. So we had a president that had been with us for eight or nine years transition and retire, then a president that came who was here for about nine months before he went on leave and then uh, after a year was gone. And so in the interim space, um, I took over in April, uh, April 20th to be exact. And so it was exactly six months later that they removed the interim title. Uh, but before that, I had served on the president's council as a vice president for about five and a half years. And before that, I had been a board of trustee member. And so I had had a long history with Multnomah, but this definitely wasn't in my sights at the time uh, and stepped in. And yeah, I don't think there was anything interim about the role in terms of a lack of responsibility or any leash on me or anything like that that said um, that there was any lack of things that I could do or um, change for the better or unfortunate difficult changes. I think that that was really the name of the game was try to make sure we, we could pivot to make sure that Multnomah's legacy stayed alive. Well, and, and clearly uh, the Board of Trustees was happy with your work and, um, you know, uh, many times when you're in an interim role, sometimes it's, it's um, you're just there to, you know, hey, let's just keep us moving forward. But it sounds like they really wanted you to be a change agent and and embrace the role and do what needed to be done. Yeah, my board didn't really have any restriction on me with the interim. Um, I think that all of us just wanted to have open hands about what things could look like for the future if we did want to do a national search. Uh, but I think that from day one, we really needed to find a sustainable future for Multnomah. And so, no, there wasn't any interim or just hold it steady, Jess. It was run and, and let us know really where you see God moving, moving things around. Well, and, and the, the, the few times I've had the pleasure of being around you, and I, I don't think being uh, standing in one place is really uh, anything no. that you're interested in. Uh, so, no, it's not my uh, MO. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's get to, uh, and you were very upfront and very open with our Council of Presidents, uh, and this last year was really one of transition, as you said, for Multnomah. You had some accreditation issues that were primarily uh, financially based, not unlike a lot of private small institutions in our country right now. They're really facing difficult times. Uh, and you entered into really, and I'll let you really go into detail about it, but a very unique partnership with Jessup University. And, and please talk about that and how that affected um, the accreditation. And I know you're still working through that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So in June, we got a receipt of a show cause a sanction letter from uh, the Northwest Commission, our creditors. And so that really made things very dire and very serious. Uh, they love Multnomah, they love our programs, all those different things. So it was strictly financial that they said, we don't want you to have some sudden mid-semester closure that we don't want you to go the way of many other places in the United States where you see just colleges closing left and right, especially small Christian colleges uh, in that space. I think uh, 18, 19, 20 of them uh, since 2020 have closed. And so they're really, we were very vulnerable in that space. So we knew that um, we needed time and we needed money and we had neither in terms of being able to turn. And so we really feel like there was a miraculous solution that was brought to us in the form of Jessup. Uh, we've called it what, what I would call a merger of mission and to say that their mission is so similar. Their history is so similar. They started as a Bible college in 1939. We were a Bible college in 1936. So we're a little older, uh, but uh, yeah, we just had such a similar mission for Christ-centered education and to be in that small space of uh, Christians that want to educate. We all, we both had athletics. We both had a lot of the same programs. So there was just a lot of synergy. And then the president, Dr. Jackson, and I had a lot of trust from minute one, just talking about the real need for Christian education to still be here in Portland, uh, as well as for their desire to expand their efforts. Uh, they're based out of California in Rockland uh, and San Jose. And so wanted to make sure that this would really be something that would work for both places. And as we got into it, it, it just, again, seemed like a match made in heaven to say, hey, we really think that Multnomah can bring a whole bunch to the dress up legacy and vice versa, and then both can continue. And I think what we're doing is pretty innovative in the space. Uh, we have, um, been asked a lot of questions, right? Is this a merger? Is this an acquisition? Is this the closure? It's like, yes, yes, yes. And no, no, no. It, yes, it's all the things and none of the things. Um, so the way that things are basically structured is Multnomah as its own entity will eventually close. And then we will contribute all of our assets and liabilities to Jessup and we will give it all away and then be reborn as the Multnomah campus of Jessup University. And so we feel like one, that's a pretty biblical trajectory, uh, die, give it all away and come back to life. But also like it was a practical one to just say there was not an independent path forward where we continued doing what we were doing um, with the decades of decline we had seen. Well, and, and you mentioned the 1920 institutions that have closed around the country, and we, we see it all the time, and, and it, it probably will not be the last. Uh, we, have, we have a steep, uh, steep hill in front of us in terms of enrollment, uh, costs of education certainly continues to go up. So where, at what point did uh, the Jessup opportunity present itself to you? So this is the crazy thing is that we had been looking and in lots of different discussions, we had talked with other schools and uh, really I came, I came to this very open and, and very honest about where we were, uh, because I think that's a, a downfall in a lot of these spaces is that people close and you say, I didn't know. I didn't know you were even in trouble. I didn't know you needed help. Uh, so everybody knew because I was telling that story of, hey, I think that our legacy needs to continue. 
But in terms of our finances, there's not the time to turn this around when the model is really enrollment specific. And so the crazy thing is, is that Dr. Jackson and I met each other on October 3rd, and we announced this transition with signed paperwork on November 7th. That does not happen. Wow. So we, uh, to say we've been running and I don't stand still is an understatement, but we really uh, felt like it was a need to get this done in this semester so that we would have clarity for our faculty, our staff, and our students moving into the spring semester so that fall of 24, it really is all the transition is done and we can start really uh, thinking about significant growth, which is exciting. So I know the timing is is fast, but it's been, um, we've had a lot of favor and a lot of support, a lot of people helping us in the space, but I really do truly think that the way we're doing it is best for all the students and for all of our employees as well. Well, and, and reading the FAQs that that, uh, that you guys put out on your webpage was very, very helpful in, in answering some of the questions that have come certainly your way and, and uh, a little bit my way, and we'll talk more about the athletic piece. But the merger of mission I found to be really compelling. And as I read uh, that merger of mission statement, it, it was it was almost um, it was almost like wow, this this is right in front of us. Yeah, yeah. I'm really hoping um, actually that we become a model. Like we'll figure out the kinks and then let you know on the other side of it. But I hope that we become a model for other schools that are struggling, um, especially in our space with the with the faith based education. I think that there can be an oversaturation uh, and then we're facing the same enrollment declines that other folks are and the same attitudes about higher education. I hope that we can turn that around as well um, so that people are valuing higher education as not just the ROI for your business or for um, you know your degree getting you a job one day, but that they start valuing it for the character development, for the community, for the sense of belonging and all the other things that um, college really can do for folks. But looking at that, I'm hoping that people say, are there other people People who are doing the same work we are, or are there other people actually that are doing opposite work that we are, but with the same heart that we could actually expand our offerings for students instead of just saying, well, we're going to shutter our doors because we can't do it alone. I think that there's so much we can do better together. Well, and, and we've talked a lot about that private and faith-based institutions, but this really is also a, a state institution issue as well, because they are facing the same enrollment challenges, financial challenges. Uh, and I heard one president not too long ago say that a state institution is having to act more and more like a private every day. Absolutely. I think that uh, it doesn't matter who you are in the industry, you're feeling the shifts in the industry. And I think if we don't innovate and if we don't uh, think from a lens of interdependence instead of independence, then many of us will not exist. And so I think that we've got to be risk takers in that space to figure out how to reimagine higher education, to keep the things and conserve the things we really love about higher education, but kind of to rip off all the trappings of it that have gotten us to this place that's just simply unsustainable. Yeah, the the first uh, the first out is always the one kind of questioned like, whoa, what are you thinking? But but yeah. but you're right. I think I think this should be a model that people look at of of uh, of survival. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I, I hope that people would look sooner rather than later. I think that there were so many things in the timing of this again, that were nothing less than miraculous. Uh, so, so don't think that it's going to happen in a month, but I think that before you get to a dire space, when those negotiations and those conversations, um, can really be thought through. And when you can work with the, the powers that be all the accrediting bodies and the department of education, the higher education commission, the NAIA, you can work with all of the folks kind of that are spinning around to help support your school and support your students. Um, I think that having those conversations is going to be necessary in the future and that those regulatory bodies are going to have to move and shift with us to help us have those conversations so that more of us can stay here serving students. Um, and then in some of that space, there needs to be less of us serving more students in that mm -hmm. space, um, but in a consolidated way. Well, clearly, uh, all the regulatory bodies that you mentioned uh, had to have been in lockstep with you, uh, certainly that that fast month, if you will. But talk about the talk about the conversation since then. And what are some of the things that are that are having to be uh, what boxes are, are left to be checked in, in terms of making sure that the regulatory bodies are satisfied with the with the uh, partnership? Absolutely. So our very first concern is students and continuity for students. We're trying to create what we keep calling a seamless process. And so that's difficult when you've got lots of clunky regulators with different regulations that don't always necessarily talk to each other. So we're being the conduits of making sure that we're talking to everyone, keeping everyone informed, up to date. Uh, before we actually signed any agreements, we went to them and said, this is our idea. Will you green light and will you help us to make this idea actually come true? Because the, the way this is structured truly will be best and seamless for students that in spring semester that they could continue at their campus, on their sports team, in their same classroom, largely with their same professors. That, of course, is best for students versus mid-semester closure or big interruptions. And so I think that the regulators have caught the vision for that, that, of course, they are here to support students as well. They've been wonderful to us and we are still kind of checking boxes for what do you call this and where does this live and how does this work? But everyone has been working together really well uh, across those regulations to say what makes pragmatic sense to help support the student as well as make sure that the quality of education, of course, doesn't go down. So I think that we all have the same heart in that space. There's lots of uh, boxes still to check, but we're well on our way. Well, let's shift quickly uh, to the athletic piece of this, which is really uh, the, the kind of key point for the Cascade Conference, certainly. Uh, now, obviously, the students at Multnomah and all of our institutions, they're there to get their education first. Athletics is a, is a vehicle by which they're able to still compete and, and enjoy the sport, but the education is, is primary. With that said, uh, Multnomah has really been on a, on a trajectory of growth in the athletic space as well. And the questions that we've received uh, thus far is, well, are they going to no longer have athletic teams? Are they going to still be in the Cascade Conference? Are they still going to be in the NAIA? And uh, if you could speak to those those three questions, that would be that would be great. Yeah, this is one of uh, you know 
one of the many things that kept me up at night is that any type of partner or merger or acquisition, a lot of times you're not going to keep athletics. You might not even, in our case, since we have a grad school and a seminary, it was possible to not even keep the undergrad. And so there were a lot of those questions, which is again, why I'm so thrilled that we found someone with a like-minded mission um, to say they really value athletics at Jessup and their athletic teams are growing as well. And so we will be staying in the NAIA and things should stay the same. Uh, and they are actually moving to be a D D2 school. So that just happened. And it was really, again, very miraculous that that was already in the works of, of course, you don't just do that overnight. That can right. be years of, of planning to execute that. And that's happening right now. It was the serendipitous thing, actually, that I think probably about six weeks before the other president and I met, Jessup was actually slotted to come up uh, to Portland and play our men's basketball team. Uh, here at Multnomah and also at Warner. And so we actually had, I think it was a, a week or two after after we had made the announcement, we actually had this clash of titans here on our campus. It was super fun getting to play Jessup and say, either way, I was like, well, I win either way, right? Because either Multnomah wins or Jessup wins and I'm Jessup and Multnomah. So uh, it was really, really fun to see the just the competition in that space, to see our fans and our athletes in that space. But they really value uh, our athletics department and they see the potential for continued growth. Well, and, and you mentioned, uh, Mo, you mentioned Jessup moving to NCAA division two and you're, and you're right. That's a three to four year process. And, and can you talk a little bit uh, maybe in just general terms about mm -hmm. your conversation with president uh, Jackson uh, at, at Jessup about maintaining the NAIA affiliation and the cascade affiliation? Yeah, I think that that's important and it, it comes along with that seamless, um, the seamless plan that we have for every student is that we really want to make things as simple as possible and for things to be as similar as possible um, as they were under Multnomah when Multnomah was independent. And so that's really, there's no um, talks right now about changing any of that space. And I think that our coaches and the way that they pour into our students, again, is so much a part of that college experience, so much a part of their discipleship and development. And so we want to see that still continue. And Dr. Jackson is really in support of that. Their athletic director has come here and we've been able to dream about different changes that we'll be able to make in terms of our gym or our athletic space or the different uh, resources that we'll have when we combine and we talk to one another, even from the athletic advancement space to say, how do we raise funds for athletics? They do a really great job of that. They are excellent at that. So we're so excited to learn from them as they've already paved the way in a lot of these, these spaces of how to really be world-class teams. We, we hope to be continuing to follow in that direction. And do you anticipate at, at this time, uh, the, the lion remaining, Multnomah lion and your colors, or are there already talks about maybe some adjustments there? So that was another thing that I just feel like, you know, those, those things almost feel so small, but they're not small to us, right? We have been green and gold. And so for now we are maintaining the lions. We are maintaining the green and gold. I just told Jessup, I don't look good in their colors. And so they, they, <laughs> they kindly agreed and said, okay, great, Jess. So really, again, there's just this friendliness and this camaraderie around. We want to help build uh, education in Portland. We're not trying to come in as California entities and take over anything. What we want to do is help build Multnomah's legacy and continue it. Uh, and that'll have a uniqueness and it'll have distinctives. And so keeping some of that branding uh, similar, I think especially for our brand recognition is has been important in those conversations. 
And again, this is not a hostile takeover. This is not a real estate deal. This is, we want to keep the campus. We want to keep the things that are important to Multnomah and we want to see it expand. It's really a beautiful picture of what can happen when, when you work together towards the same goal of educating students and you're really focused on that. So all of that should stay the, stay the same. You can still root for uh, green and gold and, and the lions. And yeah, we're really excited to keep those things as well. Well, with this kind of rebirth, if you will, of of, uh, of the campus, and 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 I know that there were talks uh, in athletics about potential new additions. I know you hired a, a new volleyball coach who has a tremendous background in in beach volleyball as well. Is is that something that's on your radar? Is that something you're considering? Absolutely, growth is something we're considering. So I think that in this next semester, the word is stability. We need to provide stability for our campus, for our students, obviously for our employees as well to say, where will all this shake down and how will we integrate? So there'll be a, a portion of integration, but as we are already looking forward to the fall, we are really excited about growth and already talking about some of those things that could come in the future. Uh, we, we're not gonna be standing still, we absolutely have just explosive growth in mind and are really excited to build the foundation for that this spring. Well, and, and sometimes with mergers like this, there can be some, uh, oh, some some shared resources, if you will, or, or maybe uh, centralizing some, some key functions of a campus, HR, uh, payroll, things of that nature. And, and I'm sure you're, you're exploring and kind of evaluating what makes sense to, to centralize. Absolutely. So this is actually something that in my first uh, couple of months was really a priority, especially with that sanction saying, hey, your, your finances are not sustainable. Then what I looked to do was make strategic cuts. They were deep cuts. They were painful cuts, but they were to get us ready for centralized service. Now we imagine that that might be one vendor for the business office and another vendor for HR and another vendor over here for financial aid. And it ended up being that it would be one vendor of Jessup. And so that's really amazing. But we had already made some of those shifts in the summertime to get ready to understand that I think, again, if you're going to risk for the future, you need to be thinking about who does this better than we do. And specifically when it comes to student facing things, we thought a lot about what's the least amount of disruption to students. Of course, anytime there's a change, there's a disruption to students, but how can we run as lean and mean as possible so that we can help shift that revenue model um, that I just, again, I think is very broken. It's just that we have to have so many services and amazing people providing those services, but that it's not really functional when all of us in a hundred miles of each other have to have those same services. Can we not work together to figure out how to outsource those and basically apply economies of scale to make sure it's a better business model? Mm -hmm. And, and certainly you, you spoke about uh, your undergrad, you have your grad programs, you have your seminary. At this point in time, do you see uh, all of those academic offerings staying as is, or are you also looking at a duplication that might, might need to um, decide, hey, what campus uh, will, will offer that program? Sure. So when it comes to the actual programs, that's that's down in the academic level. And so some of the programs will change. I'm sure some will be sunsetted and then others will kind of fold under and say, hey, 
let's call that something different so that we offer that across multiple campuses. But when it comes to the undergrad, the grad school and the seminary will retain all of that. So we'll be Multnomah Biblical Seminary at Jessup University. Uh, and we'll continue on with a lot of those signature programs and the most successful ones we're really excited to grow, as well as we're looking for growth in the academic space into spaces like healthcare and tech, mental health. Uh, we're really excited about being a resource to our city in that space, as well as giving students uh, more programs that they would want, teaching and music and these kind of things that we haven't been able to do as Multnomah for a really long time because of the financial model. But Jessup is doing really successfully. And so also, if they can't find it here, they can find it elsewhere in that partnership. Uh, and that's really a beautiful thing, too, to be able to tell a student, well, you can go to Jessup now and you would be able to just make that a seamless process. Um, it, I think the opportunities are just exploding for our students. Well, and shifting back to athletics, um, you know, you've been in the cascade now for almost 10 years. Um, and prior to that, we're in the uh, independent space. But, you know, talk, talk a little bit about um, what's that meant for your campus to be affiliated with the Cascade for the last 10 years? I think that there's been just, this is part of Multnomah's evolution. We, again, we were a Bible college and then we became eventually a university and we were independent in that space. And then we eventually came into these different conferences. And so I think that it's just the rebirth of Multnomah again and again, that you're seeing happen. We've been making those changes across time or even adding athletics, you know, athletics wasn't uh, always something that we were focused on. And so saying that that's a really key part of how we want to educate students and offer opportunities for students that otherwise might not come. That's new to Multnomah relative to our 87 year history. And so we're excited again to continue in the conference, but also just to see what growth we can have when we continue kind of having that adaptable attitude. Well, we are thrilled uh, to hear the news of the, the partnership, number one, with Jessup. And then uh, from an athletic standpoint, the commitment to the Cascade and to the NAIA. So, Dr. Taylor, thank you so much for joining this edition of Cascade Connects. Absolutely. Thank you. On behalf of Director Courtney Blummer and host Robert Cashel, thanks for tuning in to Cascade Connects, the official podcast of the Cascade Collegiate Conference, 15 championships, and over 3,000 student-athletes. This is the CCC.